0: How bad was sex education in high school? (laughs) It was the worst. That's why we wanted to start this podcast. Dr. Stormy and I knew that there are so many folks out there that want to learn more, that want to start conversations, that want to be vulnerable and express their feelings, emotions, wants and desires. And that's what Sex 101 is about. Dr. Stormy has spent so much time working with couples, working with men and women. I myself have worked with lots of men talking about relationships and sex and where we're at today with our sexuality. So come join us. This is going to be a great episode, just like all Sex 101 episodes. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to laugh a lot. And we're going to have a great time. All right. We are back. And uh, as always, I'm excited about every episode we ever make. But this one I'm excited about because it's even, it's hard to say. I've been looking at this word for the last like 20 minutes going, uh, multi-orgasmic, (laughs) multi-orgasmic.
1: Oh, you're saying it very well, very well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) many times in my life I don't even know if I've been singularly orgasmic so this is gonna be (laughs) this is gonna be a fun one I'm very excited about this because honestly to me and lots of people I know this is kind of like just a legend or a myth almost or you know what I mean like it feels like we're in that territory so I'm excited to hear more about it for sure yeah
1: totally well I love that right like so one of the things I just want to start with saying is that this is not like we're not into orgasm shaming as we know we're not even into mm-hmm. we don't even promote being orgasm focused on the sex 101 podcast yeah. so i want you guys to just be playful and curious about this episode um but what i don't want you to do is go into it being like i've never been multi-orgasmic or i can't be multi-orgasmic because that's right. there's just anytime we add stress and performance we, we don't find our orgasm or certainly right. don't find it well so this is just an invitation to explore what Being multi orgasmic might be like and feel like and look like for you and for your partner.
0: Love it, I love it. I don't have any idea where to start, or is this about the finish? I don't even. (laughs) (laughs) The beginning is at the end. I don't know. So yeah, I'm ready to get into it, Storm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Well, let's just start with the definition, right? So, multi orgasmic is uh, more than one orgasm in a session, right? And there's a lot of like we don't even know, right? I've talked many episodes about like. like the magic and the mystery we know some about orgasm but there's so much we still don't know about orgasm we've talked about in other episodes that orgasm and ejaculation are not the same thing you go check out those episodes although they're very temporally related often that they're not the same thing but really the definition is more than one orgasm in a session um and like you mentioned it's like the stuff of myths right but the thing the invitation is that we can we can all be multi-orgasmic whether we are or not There's lots of reasons and things that contribute for that. It's not good or bad or wrong or right. It's just an invitation to be curious about what that might be like for you. Um, And according to research, um, 8 to 15% of women uh, vulva owners uh, have or are multi-orgasmic. I did find one study out of the UK that said 70% of women, but that's the only one that was an outlier in that study. Um, And they say that women, women and vulva owners can have about uh, the averages you know, if they're multi-orgasmic, they can have five orgasms in one session. Wow! And by the way, I found that the maximum ever reported was from one woman was 140 orgasms in one session.
0: <laughs> Lord, my I think I'd be God. tired for
1: like two weeks.
0: <laughs> I know. What would she do? When she had to go like to Target and stuff. Seems like you would have had to take them, had to keep having them while you did some other stuff
1: wasn't <laughs> that amazing i was Man. like wow go go girl go girl uh and so and then 10 percent of men um, in their 20s have been reported to be multi and then seven uh, percent uh, in 30s and up and so um but you know men can also have up to five orgasms in a romp according to research and anecdotally um so and you I'm, know, sure, the idea I'm sure is answer, that, like, i'm sure you're gonna answer
0: i'm um, sure you're gonna answer that but or we can answer it now but or later yeah. but that does that mean a guy comes? Is it, with, it feels like orgasm with a guy is connected to coming. So, that- right.
1: So, this is the whole ejaculation orgasm are not the yeah. same thing. They're very temporally related, so they get swooshed together. Uh-huh. Um, so often, when if men are multi orgasmic, they'll have an ejaculatory orgasm, then they'll have um, several non ejaculatory orgasms, and then maybe they might have another ejaculatory orgasm. So it's really separate the orgasm is right the the peak experience of pleasure ejaculation is the ejection of semen of sperm okay yeah so um you know i mean it, it, when you think about that like those numbers of eight to fifteen percent and ten percent of men that's not a lot of us and that's why i'm excited to do this episode because it's the Here's the thing, if the orgasms or the multiple orgasms isn't the focus, this is just an invitation to get to know your body and your pleasure, maybe different areas of your body more, and I am always for that for everyone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, awesome. So, I mean, but to your point, Toby, the great question about ejaculation and orgasm is the refractory period is like the challenge for for men, for penis owners, yeah. because it's a real thing, right? Right. It tends to... It's, it varies man to man. It tends to it, it change as we age. Um, it, it, even things like stress, and diet, and sleep it can all affect the refractory period. But that's the time of, that's the time where you cannot, you know, you, yeah. first of all, you don't experience arousal or pleasure, but you also can't get a uh, an erection during that time. And so, you know, that's why these non ejaculatory orgasms can be really expansive for men to explore and play with.
0: Yeah, it can be also. I mean, it can be really sensitive too. Your penis can be extremely sensitive after. You ejaculate, and uh, mm-hmm. so and you're right. It can take a while. I mean, uh, it can take a while to recover, or the refractory period for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think you know, it's also there's also a lot of research out there that, um, let's say, for women, for example, they might report that their experience of being multi-orgasmic it really does vary person to person. Um, is that it, they'll describe it as rolling orgasm, so one orgasm rolls right into another. And those are amazing, (laughs) but they're not, they're not like common to experience. Often it's one orgasm, then like a a lull period where maybe not such a refractory period for women, but it might be a period where like, they're just not feeling that aroused or their clitoris is really sensitive. Right. And then they can have another orgasm, right. Maybe in a different area, which we're going to get to in a second, different kind of orgasm. But the, you know, so one of the things, one of the invitations when you're exploring, being curious about being And becoming multi-orgasmic is that you're really broadening your knowledge of the body, of the anatomy, of pleasure, also of different types of orgasms that are available both to men and women, right? There's different types available to both more available to women just because of our anatomy, but there are multiple types available to men as well. Um so yeah, let's just get right into it. So some like strategies to practice. Well, let's just start with like the pelvic floor would be your, your Kegels, right? So this is for men and women, uh, but both men and women, it's important to, to practice your Kegels. And so that strengthens the pelvic floor musculature. And one way to like, definitely do your kegels like i think I've, I've said in other episodes i like do them at a, a stoplight that's my cue my reminder to like do my kegels yeah. at the stoplight yeah. right and it should feel pleasurable yeah. um, but you're it's a lot better than looking afraid. at your phone
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly and a, lot, a lot safer and a lot more pleasurable <laughs> so you know and, and it always makes me giggle too it's like my own little like inside like joke. I'm like, here we go. Stop like doing some Kegels. Right. So find your (laughs) cue. Maybe it's like, I don't know while you're having your cup of coffee in the morning or when you get into the shower, but really doing Kegels. And then I will also say just to be safe on Kegels, if you start experiencing pain or tension, like you can actually have too much tension in the pelvic floor, and then there's pelvic floor specialists that are really great at at dialing in whether we have too much tension or not enough tension in our pelvic oh. floor. I've worked with uh, one myself, and they're amazing. Um, but Kegels and strengthening the pelvic floor in general for for penis owners one good way is to to nod your penis. You can do that when you're like semi erect, or even working towards doing that when you're flaccid. So you can really isolate that muscle. What it makes to, means to bob your penis, also stopping and starting your stream of urine. For women, you want to think about same thing, bringing in those muscles and pulling the vagina like up into your body, up into your up towards your belly button, like so, pulling in and up, and that sort of is going to in increase the muscular, the tone in the in, in the muscle tone in the in your pelvic floor.
0: And this is and something so you should, have, you have you should feel it though, like work like with working out. Like if you 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 should be feeling something, and and it maybe even get like. Like, like you actually did work a muscle or something, right? Like you should have totally. That,
1: it, yeah. is a, it is, but yeah. it's a whole sling of muscles and yeah. absolutely it's skeletal muscle. And we can, we can literally exercise it same as we can our biceps. Right. <laughs> so, but it gets, it, we get, it gets forgotten unless we're strong, often like we don't think about our kegeling or our pelvic floor unless we're, you know, struggling with incontinence or like we sneeze and we pee a little bit or whatever, but really it's a really great way to help bring blood flow and increase the muscular tone in your pelvic floor to have better orgasms, to have multiple orgasms. So kegels for sure. Nice. Um, and then I always recommend with my clients and my own journey with this too, is to start with self-pleasure. It is much easier to explore multiple orgasms, with yourself than with partnered sex um and some people will say well i can't have multiple orgasms unless i'm having partnered sex well great now you've learned that about yourself but start with yourself start with self-pleasure and get curious like literally look at it as an exploration of can i be multi-orgasmic in my self-pleasure in my masturbation i like that so that's a great way so, I, so it's, a <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason to masturbate well, it's a good reason masturbate always a good reason to
0: masturbate
1: <laughs> Um, and then the, the the last, the next one is thinking about different areas, right? So for women, as we've talked about in many episodes, women, a lot, a lot of women report that they can't, they don't consistently orgasm without clitoral stimulation. So they don't orgasm with penetration alone often, um, statistically. And so the clitoris is a great way, right? So clitoral orgasms, but let's say you, you and your woman find a clitoral orgasm. She has a clitoral orgasm likely the next orgasm for many women isn't going to be clitoral. It's going to, because her clitoris is, is sensitive, right? It's, it's actually like not even aroused. Maybe it's sensitive or even painful because she just had an orgasm, clitoral orgasm. But this is where the anatomy is really important. And this is one of the things we love to teach about on the sex 101 podcast is, is the anatomy and the anatomy of pleasure. So for women, clitoral G-spot, Talked about that. There's well, we did a whole episode on the G-spot, yeah. um, the C-spot, so the cervix, right? Um, can also be a relate, really, can also stimulate an orgasm. Uh, anal orgasms for men, and for men, anal orgasms, and also the P-spot, the prostate, which we've done a whole episode on as well. But these are some of the other areas. Um, nipple orgasms is another thing. We, we talked about erogenous zones before, so you know changing positions is another is the next tip, but also changing areas where you're focusing your stimulation is a great way to practice being multi
0: So when you say changing positions, you just mean like you're doing this and it's getting you there. So then you change it so that it gets you a little farther. Is it like that? Like you're building upon something. Is that why you're yeah. changing the position yeah. or so changing it just to feel something? I don't know.
1: Yeah. So let's say you have, um, an orgasm from missionary. Mm-hmm. Well, it would be helpful if you're gonna if you're this isn't partnered sex, obviously. So if you're exploring multi multi orgasms, now change it up. Try doggy, right? Because doggy okay. has a lot more on the the a lot more access to the clitoris, right? Yeah. Um, so so that you you're changing positions to allow your focus and attention, more pressure, more friction, more angle to be on a different area of anatomy. Okay, okay? makes sense. Um, And so it's not really like stick with what's working, right? That's a great tip to like, if you're right on the edge of orgasm, but it's actually like after orgasm, change it up entirely, change positions, change pace, change intensity, right? So changing the positions um, and then also changing the area of which you're focusing your stimulation. So let's say you had a clitoral orgasm, maybe the focus is now on the anus, right? Or around the anus or in the anus, right? Like that's a whole different area. Yeah. Um, We've talked about orgasms before like don't forget the breasts right and by the way men and women can have nipple orgasms so there's, you know the breasts are an amazing thing to to play with that um and then i think you know one of the things i would i added to my list of tips is to take a break like multi-orgasm just means in one session so it doesn't mean you have to go right one 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 right into the other because that might not feel aligned. Uh, you might feel even like a little like you know, we, we talk about like, right, the joke is like smoke a cigarette after an orgasm. You might need like a moment to regroup in your, but your genitals might be really sensitive. So you can totally take a break, stay connected and come back to play and come back to play. So it, I think that takes some of the pressure off for of people that they just think one needs to roll right into the next, into the next, into the next.
0: Does it work like uh w- with women or the, the, does the vagina after having an orgasm is the vagina is a woman then wanting another one. Like it is like, cause like I was saying earlier, like men, oftentimes after they have sex, they, you know, the, the old cliches they fall asleep or they're out or their pen, their penis is sensitive. Oh, don't move. Uh, You know, or, you know, you know, something like that. Like, is it, but with women, is it, do they need it? There's not a refractory period necessarily, but do they need time or can it be, let's keep going. Like they want you to keep stimulating them.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So that would be called like what we call stacking. So stacking, which by the way is a great thing to play with with men and women, and then just communicate well with your partner. But stacking is when you continue the arousal, continue the stimulation, even post orgasm. So let's say you're like you know you're really focusing on your woman's clitoris. She has an orgasm. She might you might continue. This, stimulating her, or get her clitoris and she might be like, mm, that's actually sensitive. Like that is not feeling good right now. So yeah. I need you to change it up, right? Or I want you to change it up or try this or whatever the feedback is. So let's play with that. Maybe the vagina, maybe like the vaginal canal itself is like, yeah, I'm still good to go. Like this is still feeling really good, right? and And also be curious, like it's a nuanced thing, right? Maybe you're like feeling so relaxed and blissed out, but when your partner continues to stimulate you, or you continue to stimulate yourself, you're like, oh, that actually still does feel good, just different, right? Because this is going to be a new experience for most most listeners out there to play with being multi-orgasmic. You know, and then I think, you know, the bringing the lightheartedness and the communication. We say it in every episode because it's so important. Like, and don't bring out your like tally to like orgasm count because that will not work. It will not be successful. So it's an exploration. It's a play. It's a curiosity. It's a practice. Um, and that's why I always recommend practicing being multi-orgasmic and masturbation first before being with, with a partner, um, and, and being being curious and, and playful about it, not so intense about it. There's nothing wrong if you aren't multi-orgasmic. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. It's just something to explore if you choose no. to.
0: Um, I like what you're saying here, too, because one of the things I haven't thought about... I mean, I guess I have thought about this, but in this conversation, it brings it back up for me. Um, I guess coming and having an orgasm does not mean that has to be the end of you and your partner having sex in that moment either. Like, you can... It, like even if you're say your pe- penis or cl- clitoris is sensitive you can still be you know a nice massage then and then you get aroused again oh, or you know or like a caresses yeah, or just making absolutely. out or there's like all these things not like we we say this a ton too it's not just penetration that isn't not just the only thing that there is with sex like there's so much more so you really could have an orgasm and then just still be really romantic with each other. Like what I'm saying, keep it like hearted, laugh a little bit, cut up, flirt. Uh, and then you can do it again and again. And you know, you can, you can just try that and see what that's like.
1: Um, yeah. I love that. Right. Like, and that's, that's, that's also t- taking the focus off of orgasm. Like orgasms are amazing. <laughs> They're amazing. They're yeah. like a little euphoric bliss for sure. But that's not the end all be all. And it's not the goal. Because anytime we're putting pressure on that, so whether it's one orgasm or multiple orgasms, we're less, way less likely to be present. And when we're in performance, we're not in, we're not in pleasure, we're not in sensation. So, you know, the invitation is to like is to be curious about it, continuing your phys- the physical stimulation, continuing the arousal after your orgasm. Like you said, also Toby, like continuing the connection. Like there can be a really beautiful downtime where you're just like luxuriating in the orgasm together and then you're playing with another one
0: right? You're
1: inviting in the possibility of another orgasm. Yep. Totally. Um, and you you had asked earlier about, you know, edging, uh, which you were talking about when you get close to orgasm and back back down. So that's, that's a little different. I love edging. We've talked about it in many episodes. I think it's a fabulous practice. It's a really, really great way to like increase the intensity and quality of your orgasm. It's a little bit different because you're delaying. you're coming up towards orgasmic pleasure and then coming back down and then going back up and edging back and forth delaying your orgasm for like a big fabulous one, but it's not, that's not necessarily about having multiple orgasms. Um, Although a lot of people and myself included do suggest edging as a practice to practice being multi-orgasmic because for me, it's about sexual mastery. When we're practicing edging, we get to be what's my, what's my orgasm inevitability. Like at what point am I having an orgasm? No matter what, what point can I slow it down and back down and then build my pleasure back up? And so you're just starting to get to know your pleasure map, your own erotic pleasure better. And so I think edging is also a great practice. It's just a little bit different than multi-orgasmic.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I think, too, one of the things you said I I wanted to reiterate, too, it really is easy to fall into the trap of let's get to the orgasm if we can do that i'm a great lover but that just isn't true like it really is and and it's really hard not to feel that way because when uh you know when either one of you has an orgasm you go oh man i helped do that or i'd love to do that (laughs) i'd love to you know guys uh, so many men i would even say maybe even most really do want to be great lovers we said this a million times but want to be great lovers and want their uh partners uh to have great orgasms and they want to have great sex. But if that is the goal, then it puts a lot of pressure on each of you. Then then you're taking your uh, focus off of enjoying each other and the moment. Right. And it's still so much fun. All of sex can be fun. And it, and it that doesn't it come, it, it, That no pun intended. That doesn't come easy. It's <laughs> hard to realize that because you want to be a great lover, but um, you might be, and all you need to do is easy. just not, not, <laughs> like, not over, not overthink it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So this is, you know, those are just some tips to get you guys thinking um, about, like, I mean, I guess some of the good places to kind of, before we move into storm stormy is, is that the, like, what, you know, is it something you're curious about? Are you curious about being multi-orgasmic? Maybe you're good with just your one, you know, or yeah. you're or maybe you're even struggling to have one. Like there's no blame, no shame, no, no judgment. Um, but do you want to explore multiple orgasms? And if so, these are some tips to kind of set you up for success.
0: Awesome. All right. Uh send in your uh sending your questions, but also send in if you if you guys try some things and become multi-orgasmic, we'd love to hear the the, the <laughs> for all sure. You know, we love to hear all the stories. Uh, okay, let's get to Stump Stormy. It's time to Stump Stormy. All right, I thought this one was pretty interesting. <clears throat> According, okay, now I looked this up. <laughs> it's really funny. If anybody, you're anybody,
1: laughing. That's not good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if anybody looked at our uh, internet history or yours and mine's text thread, they would just die laughing. Oh, this is so funny. Die laughing. Um, okay, so the only information I could find, the only study I could find was from 2006, 2007. But how many men in the United States were admitted to the hospital for penile fracture? Now, how many men is this yeah. like in a year? yes,
1: okay how many men were um mm, in the United States in a year I'm gonna say like several thousand
0: pretty well one thousand basically about 1, 1, 000. 1, 000, yeah one thousand forty three right. men <laughs> um, yeah. and the average age the range was 16 to 67 but the average age was about 36 that makes sense so right right around there um yeah. But here's one that uh, an added from looking this up, I found this and I thought this is really interesting. Some men break their penises on purpose. Have you ever heard of this? No. In a practice known as, I'm going to not say this right, taga, Tagadan, Tagandan, uh, which means to click in Kurdish, men will hold the lower shaft of their erect penis with one hand, then use the other to quickly snap the upper oh. shaft when done correctly uh it is said to be painless and a habit aching to knuckle cracking <laughs> no and then it, yeah and so uh, a <clears throat> a doctor said why do men do this uh Dr. Javad zargushi uh urologist professor at kermanja University of, I'm butchering all these names I'm sorry uh in Iran so he did a published work that said uh it causes a loss of erection and is a satisfy and gives you a satisfying popping noise and maybe it's uh, to practice getting rid of an unwanted erection. So, oh, oh, I never would have guessed oh, that. I, that.
1: The sex coach in me is not loving that practice. I know. Yay! When I, when I, don't I thought have that, a- I'm cringing.
0: I mean, I don't even crack my knuckles. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't cracking like
1: cracking my knuckles. I
0: know. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like,
1: what's he doing? Just cracking his penis. It's a nervous
0: habit. It's going to be a stump if y'all don't stop that. Okay. (laughs) All right. Ready? All right. Let's get to listener questions.
1: Have a question? We've got
0: answers. Here's this week's listener question. Okay, um, we love your listener questions. Please send them in. Uh, we, we we appreciate it. You can uh, well, you can email me at Toby at. Uh, marriage com. Toby at yes, Toby at marriage com. or you can email stormy at love deep um, Cause we love these questions and so we want more and more sure. and we love the variety. We, we really easy. appreciate you guys taking the time to write us. So uh, yeah, so let's get to it. Uh, first question is what other solutions are there for not getting pregnant besides condoms? I hate condoms. And this comes from, don't be silly. Protect your willy. <laughs>
1: So when it comes to birth control, like there's lots of different kinds. There's so many options out there, which is great. Um, But like, if you think about like the genres of like implants and IUDs, um, birth control pills, there's like, well, there's pills, rings, patches, um, injections, and those are higher success rate of preventing unwanted pregnancies. Um, You know, they, they, the thing with condoms is you're also getting ST sexually transmitted infection protection, really good STI uh, protection. So you have to weigh these out. Are you just looking at preventing pregnancy? Is there also an STI component? And these are things to talk to your healthcare provider or your, if you're a woman talk to your gynecologist or your family practice doc about what's what is it you're wanting, okay? Um, but and then there's a lot of different things like that don't work quite as well as far as preventing pregnancy but things like spermicides and sponges and cervical caps and diaphragms um and then even less effective are things like your fertility awareness and things that they call uh the pull out method right so mm-hmm. <laughs> pull and pray or pull out method right so right. not using anything uh those are statistically way less successful in preventing unwanted pregnancies but people can and you do use them so there's lots of different options out there besides condoms but i just wanted to be you to be thoughtful about. What is, I mean, so like also things to consider is like, do you want a hormone? So for me, for example, I can't, I can't take, I have a client source, so I can't take the hormone, uh, couldn't take hormone birth control pills when I was on them. So I had to do a non-hormonal, uh, form of contraception. So there's lots of different things out there. So figure out whether you're wanting just for pregnancy prevention, also STI, what's your, what's your, you know, If you're in a partnership, have anybody that guys been tested, what's your agreements on that. And those things can really weigh in, um, hormonal or not uh how committed are you to preventing a pregnancy uh, right so these are all factors that go into it but there's lots of options out there
0: yeah and and really take your time with this i i mean i've heard so many people have good experiences and bad experiences with the pill uh all all, all kinds of things so definitely take your time and figure this out what works for both of you um cuz it'll it will really make all the difference um okay yeah and
1: then also whether the woman's whether the woman's going to do it or you're going right. to to be no protection for her, protection for you, uh, you know, both of you. There's, there's lots, lots of different options out
0: there. I'm so surprised they haven't been able to create a pill for men. I feel like that would just be a humongous. I mean, the two biggest sellers ever in the history of the world will be the pill for men, so they can't get pregnant, and uh, penis growth, like a, a a pill that actually does that, <laughs> or or a cheap surgery or something. You know what I mean? Maybe they have that. I guess. Uh,
1: but, but I'm just know, saying.
0: I'm not saying that's healthy, but I'm saying men will just do it.
1: Oh yeah, would flock to that for
0: sure, right? So it, so it sure. must be hard to do because of course, you know, somebody would have done that because they'd be the richest person in the world. So Yeah. All right, next question. <clears throat> Does morning wood mean my body wants sex? And this comes from alarm cock. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love that I don't look at your, your little monikers <laughs> before, because then they always make me laugh during our recordings. So um, so fun. Um, so, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that in the nerdy way. So your testosterone is higher is highest in the morning. So that's one reason why men often wake up with erection, but actually more likely is that the erections are happening like kind of on and off throughout the night. And you're just more aware of the one in the morning cause you're awake. Um, and that's a lot more because of the parasympathetic nervous system is really involved in, uh, sexual arousal also when we sleep. Um, so that you know, you're more in your parasympathetic. So that's those two things together that your nervous system and your testosterone are two of the main reasons why often men will wake up with morning wood as they call it. Right. Um, but it's a great thing. It's a really great thing. And so, and also don't freak out if you don't because lots of things affect morning wood. Right. So, age, stress, diet, sleep, lots of things affect morning wood. So, and it's most men will report. It's not every day, right? especially as they get older. Um, so it's a beautiful thing when you have it. So enjoy it. Um, But that's, those are the, that's the reasons for it.
0: Nice. All right. Like I said, send in your listener questions. We sure do appreciate it. We love it. Uh, you can email either one of us. Um, like I said, you can email me at Toby at marriage or stormy at lovedeatlab.com And stormy, you probably got some stuff going on anyway. They should email you about, right?
1: Yeah. So we have, um, uh, our 21 day pleasure challenge coming up. Back by popular demand. We're going to go into the 30 year vet. It. it starts January 1st. It's a it's a really great gift to gift yourself for the holidays. I love encouraging people to gift themselves things at the holidays. Um, and also, you can also gift it to your honey. Um, you can gift it to someone else, too. It's a beautiful thing to do together, actually, as a couple. Um, but you can, uh, I'll put in the show notes, I'm doing a, a 20% discount code for our listeners. Uh, you can just put love in at the checkout then get a discount. And then that starts January 1st, right to your email box. It's 21 days of pleasure challenges to help bring more pleasure into your life. Um, And then if you're, if this episode resonated with you and you're curious about the multi-orgasmic part of it, I think it's really related to a lot of it too, like our approach to sex and how we approach ourselves and our partner. So I'd be happy to give you, share with you a sacred sex guide that I made. And you can just email me, stormy at lovedeeplab.com and put sacred sex guide in the uh, subject and I'll send that off to you.
0: I love it. You can get 10% off at marriage supply.com with code sex101. You can follow Dr. Stormy on Instagram at docstormy1, the number one, or her TikTok, Touchy Subjects with three S's. And marriage supply is on Instagram as well at the.marriage.supply. Thank you guys so much. Remember, knowledge is power, sex is power. And
1: the world needs more of us.